Hi, I'm James P. Friel. And I'm Dean Holland. It's time to fasten your seatbelts, boys and girls. That's right. If you're an entrepreneur who's wanting to take your business to the next level and have a bit of fun while getting cutting-edge advice on your business, marketing, and sales, welcome to Just the Tips, arguably the best podcast in the entire world. I guess that's good, right? Yeah, that's good to me. All right. That was easy. That was the easiest thing we did all day. Yeah. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Just the Tips. This is James P. Friel. I am super excited that you are here with us today. We have an incredible guest today, um, somebody who's making a tremendous difference in the lives of other entrepreneurs, uh, helping them with their uh, their financial future, their just like their, their financial well-being. I think a lot of people don't take very good care of themselves and plan for the future because uh, it sounds boring and scary and intimidating. And we've got a guy here on the show today who uh, who's just absolutely down to earth, but is uh, an absolute master at understanding how to handle all the things that usually terrify entrepreneurs. And of course, as you would expect, I am joined by my bearded British co-host, Mr. Dean Holland, coming to us from the United Kingdom. How are you today, Dean? Yes. With an introduction like that, how could I be anything other than amazing? I think if you if you ever shave your beard, we're going to have to stop doing the show. Right. That, that'll that be it. Like, if ever this show is to end, I'm just going to send you a quick selfie picture of my beardless face. And you'll just know. <laughs> Game's over. <laughs> and I'll know. And you'll probably look like you're 12 selling budgies again. <laughs> That's parakeets to you. Yeah, that's parakeets. So, uh, so Dean, as you know, we have Brad Gibb here today from, uh, from Atlas Wealth. You do know. How exciting is this? It is exciting. Brad, welcome to the party. I am so glad to be here. We are only a minute 40 in, and this is already the most fun I've had on a podcast, I think, ever. <laughs> All <laughs> right, we'll see. Is this we'll your see. podcast? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like, ah, it's my first podcast also. Yeah, we don't need to mention that. We just leave that part out. Yeah, let's let's not uh, let's not worry about the fine print right now. It's too early <laughs> right. in the day to be thinking about such <laughs> details. Uh, <laughs> well, we'll see. Uh, we'll see if you're still excited about it after the show is over. Um, hopefully, the answer will be yes. But uh, you never know. Let's see if he's still here by the time we reach the end of the show. <laughs> crickets, crickets, Ab- crickets. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, well, this the show almost didn't happen today, right? We were here, and Brad's like, "Oh, I can't hear you. My microphone's having problems." Yeah. And Dean and I were just like, "You know what? If you didn't want to be on the show, there's much easier ways to like deal with that." <laughs> I like spreadsheets. I'm not a technology guy, so you got to bear with me on that stuff. I feel like uh, spreadsheets are the common bond that uh, that join us together, Brad. That that and now slowly over time, Trello cards, but more more so spreadsheets for sure. <laughs> yeah. So um, so I want to I want to jump into some stuff here with you. Cool. And uh, like I said in in the intro, I think that a lot of entrepreneurs focus on growing their business. They focus on generating sales. You know, doing all those things that are necessary to to create that kind of uh, result. But most of the time, or at least a lot of the time, they forget about the fact that they've got to take care of themselves and their financial futures and like all that stuff. And that's really what, what you guys do. 
Well, it's funny that you say that because like every entrepreneur gets into the business to first and foremost, like make money, right? They, they see those Facebook ads with a dude in front of a Lamborghini and they're like, sweet, I'm going to be a business owner. Like I'm going to be an entrepreneur. And then somewhere in that, like you said, that grind of growing and, and, and building the business, they bootstrap, they go Gary V and hustle and all that stuff. And then, and then they lose the fact that they got in business for themselves to make money. And pretty soon they're making everybody around them all this kind of money. And, and they forget to, to, like you said, continue taking care of themselves because they, they get stuck not being able to transition out of hustle mode into, all right, now I can actually feel comfortable financially in, in what's being built. And that's, that's really where we want to step in with somebody is right at that point, right? Because if you're in hustle and grind mode, like stay in hustle and grind mode, like that's a necessary part of growing a business. But if you feel like, man, I've been in hustle and grind for a long time and my business is making money and that's the transition we help entrepreneurs walk through. And what, um, what, what are, what are the next steps like after that? Why like, okay, cool. Like I've been, you know, working my face off for, you know, five years, 10 years, whatever it is. And, you know, I've grown a business that's, you know, producing a decent amount of income for me. What, like, what does that, what does that look like? What is preparing for your financial future as an entrepreneur actually look like? There's a couple pieces there. The, the first one is, we just have to be willing to face it and address it. Like, I don't, I think you two are maybe in this situation, I don't know, but most entrepreneurs don't actually enjoy the conversation of, of money or investing. Like, well, I don't even enjoy, I, I don't even <laughs> enjoy the conversation with Dean on this podcast, yet I do it. That was literally a race to who was going to attack the other one first. <laughs> I'm like, notice how I had to go all submissive and be like, go on, James, you take this one. <laughs> Just take it, Dean. And whoever that guy, guy was that said, don't take James's bullshit, that one was for him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad our listeners are picking up on this bullshit. <laughs> well, <Just> so <laughs> where we find most entrepreneurs find themselves is they're caught in this, like they're in one of two camps when it comes to the conversation of money. They either... They either blindly trust whatever advisors in front of them, or they avoid the the conversation altogether. Right? They know that they that they need to be making changes or need to be figuring this out, but because they just rather be doing what is they love inside their business, they find themselves in in one of those two camps. Do you guys resonate with either of those two camps? Just oh, that guy's got a lot of initials after his name. I'll just do whatever he says, or I'm just gonna stick my head in the sand and and just not deal with it, and maybe it'll go away. I don't know. I think I, I agree with that. I think personally, I, I might be the exception to that because I don't really trust anybody. Yeah. Um. And uh. And I'm comfortable with money. So um. So but I but I think there's a lot of people who are sort of just intimidated by the whole yep. thing because they haven't learned about it. Yep. And so that's that's where it starts is being willing to dive in and, and start to have a conversation. Now you don't need to you don't need to learn everything and become an expert on it, but it's recognizing that you need somebody around you that that's going to be able to consult through this. And the danger with traditional financial advice is financial advice. It's, it's not black and white. It's not like we want to think about it. Like, Hey, there's, there's just certain things that, that are universal laws and rules with it. But guys, we're most of us here that listen to your podcast that understand, or at least have some, some basis in marketing you get everyone needs to realize that financial products are marketing products first. They pick an avatar, they pick a pain point, 
They pick a problem that needs to be solved and they build a product to solve it, just like we all do within our businesses. The problem with entrepreneurs is they, is they don't step back with money and step back and say, wait a minute, am I the avatar for that product? And everybody wants to just jump right to a conversation of products and say, all right, what do I do with my money? What products do I buy? What, what do, and they skip over this conversation of what's the strategy that we should be implementing as entrepreneurs. And we forget that we've spent our entire life doing the exact opposite of what everybody around us has, has said, right? The reason we're entrepreneurs is because we're not doing what everybody else does. But then as soon as we start to have a little bit of success, we want to jump right back to the conversations, the same products, the same implementations, the same strategies. And we've got to go back and be forced into that box that everybody else is in. And that's, that's the first place that we start is there isn't a box for entrepreneurs when it comes to money and finance. There just isn't a traditional solution because 99% of the advisors, 99% of the products are created for that mass audience of what I um, affectionately refer to as the muggle side of, of the business world, right? We're the ones with the superpowers. We're the entrepreneurs out changing the world. We need, we need a plan and a strategy and implementation that fits us and, and our challenges and our desires and our wants and our needs. I feel like that's a mic drop moment, Dean. What do you think? <laughs> Epic. <laughs> well, I, I agree. So, I mean, effectively, you're saying we're shopping at the wrong store. A hundred percent. But because this is what we call goldfish advice, because like there's the, the kind of a joke where there are two young, you know, two young fish, goldfish swimming one direction, an older goldfish swims past them. And as the older goldfish passes, he turns to the two younger one and says, morning, boys, how's the water? And then the two younger goldfish swim on a little bit and look at each other with kind of confused looks. And they're like, what the hell is water? And unfortunately, within the financial world, like we, we wanted to, as entrepreneurs, we want to take advice from people we think about care about us or they're honest or trustworthy or, and, and we think that's enough of a qualification where most financial advisors are swimming in this goldfish bowl of prepackaged Wall Street on, or employee focused solutions. They can be giving it their best try and really, truly care about you, but be serve you up products that are either dangerous, misleading, or just outright wrong for you because they're 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 just living inside that goldfish bowl and they've never done anything else. So well, and yeah. and, and let's not and let's not forget the fact that most advisors are not fiduciaries; they're salespeople. And even the ones that claim to be fiduciaries, they're still salespeople. Like everybody should have an incentive to sell you something, right? Like that's where we got to go back a little bit and say, who, who is this person trying to sell to me? What are their motives? What, what have they built to practice around? What are they trying to accomplish? Right. And am I the right avatar for this person? So I don't have a problem with this, with, with financial people selling things. It's that they put on this facade of saying, Hey, I'm a fiduciary. I'm going to do what's in your best interest. But if they're only reaching from a toolkit, that's very limited, it doesn't matter how much they want to do good by you. They just don't have the tools to be able to do it. Yeah, totally. So, so I want to I want to take a step back here. Um, how did you get into all this? Like, where's the, where's the story here that got you all fired up and passionate about this? So I and and I didn't realize this till like I became. I guess I finally accepted the fact that I was an entrepreneur. In that moment, I'll still remember that like forever. I watched um, Alex Charfin speak from stage, and as he went through the entrepreneur personality type, I was like, "Holy crap! I'm in the totally wrong place." Like that's me, but I'm trying to play a different game. Um, but where it all started was I grew up in like the ultimate entrepreneurial 
um, world. I, I grew up on a, on a small family farm in Eastern Washington and on a farm, like your tools are bailing wire and duct tape. And it's just outcomes are the only thing that matter. There is no playbook and just figure it out. Right. Like what, what better entrepreneurial training could, could you have than that? But the family farms, I mean, we had a lot of kids. There were five kids in my family, so it can't support us all. So a couple of us packed up and said, all right, we're going to go in the brave world and figure things out. And as I did that, I was told I have to get, uh, I have to get an education. I have to have a degree or I'm, I'm not a person um, and I can't provide. And then I have to go get a good job and then I have to save for a long time. So I got in and I started, I started playing that game. And I thought if one degree was good, three is certainly better. So I got an accounting degree. And then I got an economics degree and then I got a statistics degree. Um, so I thought, sweet, I can take over the world now. And then uh, I got to start at, at an investment banking firm in downtown New York. And, and that, that was my first sort of real wake up call to like, wait a minute, things aren't, things aren't as they seem. So I was, at, I was at Goldman Sachs and I was downtown New York. And then the financial crisis of 2007 and 2008 hit. And we were at the, at the epicenter of that. And I'll, I remember this too. We were walking into work the day Lehman Brothers, I don't know if everybody remembers this, but Lehman Brothers, one of the you know, longest standing financial firms in our country, folded, folded shop overnight. Like literally overnight, they were in business one day, they were out of business the next day. And, and <laughs> I love that. And our, our office was right next door to them. And so as we were walking into work that day, people were filing out of that building with cardboard boxes in their hands. And so we spent the next two weeks in turmoil. And that's when I realized, I was like, wait a minute, there, there's no such thing as a safe and secure job. Even though I'm at Goldman, there, there were people there that were there five years, 10 years, 20 years that were just as worried as I was. And so that's what I said, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm out of here. I had my Jerry Maguire moment and I was the only one foolish enough to walk out of a job in 2008 um, and try to make it work. But I jumped out and then that's when I started uh, starting businesses. I started a consulting firm. I took... Accounting knowledge along with Wall Street contacts, and we started uh, consulting for public companies. So we would take companies, we actually took about two dozen companies public as their contract CFOs. And the second shift that I had was, I was like, okay, I got this business, it's great, but it, it wasn't giving me what I want. I was at, I remember another time where I was sitting in my, in my office, it was like two in the morning, I was working to get a client deadline met. And thought back, I was like, this is five straight days. I'm in my office at two in the morning. That meant five straight days I hadn't seen my kids because I was up before they were in home after they were in bed. It was five straight days I hadn't seen my wife because I was up before she was and in bed or yeah, after she went to bed. And so I was like, wait a minute, why? It was that moment that we were talking about at the beginning. I was like, wait a minute, I started this so that I could have, not just so I could have money, but so I could have freedom, I could have control, I could have, I could live the life that I wanted to. And that's that was the second time I was like, wait a minute, I, I've got to figure out something different. So that's when I became obsessed about how do I take the business that I have and have it make me wealthy rather than me? Because I realized I owned a business, but it, it really owned me at the end of the day is the honest truth of it. My clients owned me, my employees owned me. And, and, and even though I, I had legal ownership to the business, I it, it was controlling and running me. And so- mm. That, that's when I became obsessed about figuring out because there's this huge gap. Like I learned corporate finance, but that doesn't apply to people or individuals. Like that's companies, that's, that's economies, that's, that, that doesn't make any sense. And then I studied people like Warren Buffett. I'm like, wait a minute, I'm not a billionaire. Why would I try to do things billionaires are doing? I want to do what Warren Buffett did 30 years ago to create his wealth, not what he's doing now. And so there's big disconnects around 
the way we're taught money, the way we're taught finance. And, and I would talk to, to other advisors and, and other people teaching courses and realize, wait, you're not an entrepreneur. You don't understand anything that I'm going through or why would I want to do that? Like I kept getting told, put money in a 401k. Like what? Wait a minute. Like a 401k is just a prison sentence. It's like 30 years of my money, like doing hard time that I can't take it and grow and do things with. So I, I just be, became obsessed to, to put this all together and figure out how to do it. And then, so that's, that's how over time I was able to build my way out of my business. I could, I could walk away from it because I was financially secure and I could grow and build a business that, that I was passionate about, not one that I just had the skill set for. Well, the, uh, the, the early days, uh, for you, you know, leaving Goldman Sachs and starting your consulting company sound remarkably like Dean's earliest entrepreneurial venture selling parakeets in his mom's backyard. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't help but notice the parallels between I was thinking exactly the same, you know. It's eerie how similar those two markets are, though. You you might not think of that, but it is. It really is. Did your parakeets kill each other as well? Because that's what happened with Dean's business, and that's why he had to regroup. You, you know, there is a lot of blood on Wall Street. So, yes, that exactly. happens all the time. Exactly. I feel we're really in tune with our experiences. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. And, and all the time that I've known you, I don't think I knew that. Uh, that story. I don't think I knew that beginning. I am. It's, it, you know, I, 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 those are the times when I feel like I was working for the evil empire. So I don't lead with those stories typically. Um, so I, I'm still paying penance, I think for those. That's th- okay. I, I recently watched a documentary on Netflix and found out that HSBC was responsible for terrorist funding across the world. The very years that I was working there. See? So, <laughs> so, so, so way to go. Us. So James, former bankers. Nice. I contributed to, to the, to the driven's meltdown and James harbored terrorism. That's awesome. We got to tell her. This is great. And I was out there murdering parakeets. <laughs> <laughs> We should start our own little crew. <laughs> yeah, I think this is the beginning of something special. Um, so, uh, <laughs> so, so, Brad, like, talk about. I know, I know. There's a lot of nuance and a lot of complexity um, in uh, in this space, right? And and for me, it's like on some level, I feel like there are some parallels between. I, I mean, there's there's bad advice that you get in every field, yeah. right? It's not it's not just finance, right? You get bad advice in marketing, you get bad advice in fitness, you get bad advice like all over the place. It's ridiculous. And um, obviously, the bad advice that you get in finance, um, you know, could have significant financial ramifications, and so it's you know the the feeling of that bad advice is probably more acute mm-hmm. than anywhere else. And I know there's a lot of complexity and uh, you know individualization and things that happen, but but give us we need the tips, right? I mean, Dean, are you with me on this? I'm totally with you. Uh, I'm ready for all this. right. Okay, Dean's ready for the tips. Okay, um, give us some fundamental principles that for the entrepreneurs who are listening to this show should start considering, or at least this will be a seed planted for how they should be thinking about their financial future. Good question, awesome. James. That's amazing. Yep. So it's, it starts, it starts here. Um, before I would ever talk to anybody about products or what, you know, how they should manage the actual dollars in their lives. I want every entrepreneur to have this permission slip. Okay. Cause I, so many of us deal with this idea that we're like this outcast group from the rest of society. Cause we don't tout our degrees. We don't tout our positions. Like we just live such a different life. But when it comes over to the conversation of money, we feel uh, we, we, we feel like 
we're, we're the bottom of that totem pole and we need to trust and, and give our money to everybody else. But understand something. Entrepreneurs can have a superpower that nobody else, even the Wall Street you know, smart people with all these degrees and, and letters after the name and stuff like we can do something nobody else on the planet can do. We can literally print money. We make money. Like we don't earn it. Yeah. It, it doesn't, it doesn't grow slowly over time. We literally create money. And that's a superpower that we, we a lot of times underestimate. So we can do something nobody on wall street can do. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. And I want to give every entrepreneur permission to understand that their two greatest investments are not financial products, are not have nothing to do with that world. The greatest investments we as entrepreneurs will ever make is in ourselves. And specifically, we work to invest in our mindsets, our skill sets, and our networks. Because that's ultimately where our wealth is, is created. Okay. It's it's people. We believe, I believe people are assets. And I don't say that like all nice like it's reality everything in the the world that's created is first in the mind of an entrepreneur and if we can increase our mindset skill sets and networks we should do that to no end as long as we have capacity to still grow that and then the second place that we put in invest our money is we grow our businesses our business is our greatest investment it will produce more wealth and more money and more security than than putting our money anywhere else and I walk through with entrepreneurs and ask them questions around you can grow your business through marketing, through systems and processes, or through investing in people. And so if, if somebody came to me and I worked with them, I would walk them through those two areas first and say, we want to make sure that as we make decisions with our money, it's always positioned and always ready for you when an opportunity comes in yourself or your business to invest there and there first. And I don't think any other financial advisor would ever be comfortable making making those recommendations, but that's the reality for an entrepreneur. So that's tip number one is. Well, I, and, and just for, you know, I, I totally agree with that because I know for me, the money that I invest in, in myself and in my business, I always get the best return, mm-hmm. right? There's, there's no other thing that I can invest in that's going to give me a better return than that. Like it doesn't like, you know, you look at an index fund or you look at all these different things. I'm like, man, that's like, pennies compared to what I can get if I actually put that money to real work. Yeah. Let's just use a quick example, like a Facebook ad, right? Uh, A a decent Facebook ad, you should be able to put a dollar in and get $2 out in probably 30 days, right? That wouldn't be unrealistic to expect from a marketing standpoint. Yeah. That's a a 100% rate of return. And if you do that every month, that's roughly a 1200% rate of return that you could do by investing money back into your business or in the ability to do those things. Yet, if you come to an investment advisor and I promise you a 1200% rate of return, like, dude, like I'm going to jail. Yeah, I'm thinking I'm, I'm talking to Bernie Madoff. Yeah, that's Ponzi scheme <laughs> material, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yet, when we go ask for financial advice as entrepreneurs, the first thing that somebody says is, oh, no, no, no. Like that business you, that you, you know, blood, sweat, and tears to create and you've got all this expertise and knowledge. No, 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 no. Don't put your money there. Give it to me and I'll go invest it in a company that you have no knowledge and understanding of, in a market that you've got no expertise in, and in a company over which you have zero control. That sounds like a really good idea, right? (laughs) Yeah, totally. But that's the reality of investing. That's what we do every day, or at least what we're told of. All right. So so step one, step one is finding finding a way to continue to reinvest in your ability to to print this money or, to make money and create opportunity. Absolutely. Or at least stop feeling guilty about it. Like if you want to join that mastermind group, it'll probably pay off. 
more than putting money in an index fund or funding an IRA or whatever else advice you're going to get. Like permission to invest in yourself and your business first and foremost. Okay. Tip one, on to tip two. So so tip two, now we're talking, we talked about making money, right? If we want more money, invest in your business. But the, the next transition that we need to understand, so tip two is before you focus on, on, on what everybody else would think about investing is we need to focus on keeping more of the money that we're making, okay? Early in our business, this isn't a big of a deal because when we start a business, our margins are really high because it's just us. Like we might keep 60, 70, 80% of the money that our business makes, but as it grows, like we get into this, like, again, because we can print money, we're in this weird reality that it becomes almost easier to just make another dollar than keep one that I just made. Right. Right. Like, especially if we don't like the conversation of money, like I, we, we like employees live paycheck to paycheck a lot of times, but business owners, I feel like they live business, you know, perfect webinar to perfect webinar or, or business opportunity to business opportunity. And they just say, Oh, I got, you know, this, I, I need to pay for this. I'm going to you know, write an email to my list or I need to do this. I'm going to launch this thing. And, and they're living, they're still living paycheck to paycheck within their own business. Cause they don't understand how to systematically keep the money that they have. Yeah, totally. They're living like launch to launch or sale to sale or something like yep. that. And the problem is we grow our business and we add employees and we add systems and we add overhead to make another dollar that goes to our pocket as the entrepreneur, we have to make $2 or $5 or $10 or $20 before one of those trickles down to us, right? Mm. So yeah. where we start with the entrepreneurs, we start to, we help the entrepreneur keep more money. And and the first and, and biggest place, I think this is the same in, in the UK, Dean, but correct me if I'm wrong. Um, one of the biggest pain points of entrepreneurs is they pay way too much in taxes, right? Correct. Yes. So we, that's where I start with entrepreneurs is I say, look, again, just like the financial advice, the tax advice, most of it is created for, for employees, but the tax code is actually written for business owners. Um, and so we help structurally, fundamentally set it upright to where as a properly structured business owner, you shouldn't have to pay any more than about 20% in income taxes. And so that's where we focus is, is keeping the money that's yours, not paying it as much as I love our country, I don't want to pay income taxes. So I'm going to keep as much of that in your hands as a business owner as possible. The best return that I can get for clients is, is right there because it's, it's as if they earned five, 10 or $20 in their business for every dollar we can keep in taxes. Yeah, totally. So biggest line item. So, so we, and then we just need a place to put the money so that we can be focused on our business because noise and distraction comes from as money starts to build in those bank accounts, we start getting that feeling of like, ah, oh, what do I do with it? Right. I know I don't want it in a checking account, but I, I don't want the volatility of the market. So we work with some specifically designed accounts where we can put the money. It's secured and protected. It's got asset protection. It's protected from inflation. It's protected from the market. So it's just, we call it the vault where we just secure the money that we're making. And then we go back to making more of it inside the business. And we don't even, we don't even enter the conversation of investing yet. It's just make money, keep money. And a lot of entrepreneurs should stay there for a lot longer than they initially think. So that's tip number two is focus first on keeping the money and securing it, not jumping right over to, hey, how do I invest it in the latest cryptocurrency or whatever it is. Just keep the money you're making and go make more in your business. Nice. I like this. Cool. 
And then, and then, and then, and then what? Like I, I am, I'm, I am a little bit itchy to get to this investing. <laughs> All right, everybody likes to, and there are cool stuff to do here. So, tip three. Andy Lane, James. <laughs> I'm, I'm no, you know what, Dean? I'm driving the car. We're going in whatever lane I see fit. I want to go in the investing lane. <laughs> so on, on, onward, upward to investing. So. We, we do ultimately want our money to grow. So make money is the first part. Keep money is the second part. Third money is yes, we, we want this money to work for us. But remember, there isn't any investment that you can get more of a return than your business. So we, we sort of end up in this rock and a hard place like, well, wait a minute, if it's always my business, do I ever invest, right? But there is one time that, that I believe a, a business owner can invest that's outside of their business. And no matter how good we are to business owner, guys, tell me if you ever feel this way, that as you're investing money back into your business, there's this pressure that comes with this because you've now made a bet on yourself. And if it doesn't work out, who do we have to blame? Well, I just blame Dean. I blame James. I I wish I had a Dean and James to blame, right? Everybody else blames what? You can blame Dean as well. It's really, really. You can feel free to point the finger at James. He's he's a horrible person anyway. No, it's it's Dean. It's (laughs) Dean. I'm I'm blaming Dean from from now forward. That's what I'm talking about. (laughs) But but for us, the buck stops with the entrepreneur, right? So it's this feeling that I call you, no matter how successful your business gets, you ultimately still feel hunted by a wolf that you can't see. Because you have to wake up every day, no matter how systematized and processed your business is, you're the entrepreneur waking up every day and pushing it forward. And if you ever want to stop pushing that forward, all this investment, everything, your whole plan of make more money inside your business starts to fall apart. So the one time that we as business owners invest outside of our business is to get our time back so that we don't have to push our business forward anymore. And the only way we do that in investing is through creating cash flow. Because if I can invest in such a way that that investment puts money in my pocket every single month or every single year, consistently, reliably, without my involvement, now I'm systematically getting my time back and I rely less and less on what my business is doing. So that's the only time we ever invest outside of our business is is to buy back our time. It's not about returns. Rate of return when it comes to investing for an entrepreneur is totally irrelevant. Because I can make 1,200% of my business, right? But so we, we put a side rate of return and we focus on creating cash flow. So that's tip number three is if you're going to make an investment as an entrepreneur, it should not be a speculation. It should not be something focused on buy low, sell high or moving forward. You answer the question, is this going to create cash flow that eases the pressure on me inside of my business? Mm. Which is, which again, going back to your earlier point, is completely different than the conversation your average investor will be having. Because every, Wall Street has done an amazing job. You remember like when the iPhone first came out and they were promoting the app store, there was that commercial where it said, hey, there's an app for that, right? You want to do this? There's an app for that. You want to do that? There's an app for that. Like Wall Street has come in and said, cool, you want to do real estate? Awesome. There's a fund for that. Or you want to do tech? Cool. There's a fund for that. Like they've taken every possible way that you could invest and repackage it in a way that it's, it's appreciation focused, right? which is completely outside of ourselves. We have no control and it doesn't satisfy that need to, to put cash in our pocket. So we be, like, I believe the average person that like most entrepreneurs, virtually every entrepreneur doesn't need to be in the market at all. And we seek these solutions that, that exactly what you said, just put cash in our pocket and, and offset that pressure in our business. And that's it. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, I mean, you think about it, like, you know, when you're investing in the market, whether whether it's a fund or it's a specific company or something, you're investing in a business. Yep. You like that's exactly what those things are. And you're investing in a business that you don't, you don't work with, you don't have any control over. There's, you know, thousands, if not, you know, hundreds of thousands of shareholders, you know, uh, um, they're all uh, susceptible to, you know, regulations and massive scrutiny and all this other stuff. And, um, and, and you can't, you can't get the kind of return that you can get in your own business. So it's like, well, like, am I going to invest in a stranger's business that I don't know anything about? And even if I know everything about, there's still tons of stuff that I don't know about. Cause like, let's be honest, there are like a lot of things happening that don't get reported. And, and, or am I going to invest in a business that I know absolutely everything about? Like it just, it just makes so much more sense to what you're talking about. here, And and I look at it too. Like it was really hard and it still is hard every day to grow my business. And now I'm going to pretend that I can give my money to somebody else to grow theirs. Like, no, that's insanity to me. So it's it's your business. Keep the money that you make. Invest for cash flow, and then rinse and repeat. That's it. Awesome. I uh, I want to say there's like re- <laughs> just as total random tangent. There is a really good Twitter handle from Goldman Sachs that has the funniest tweets um, called GS Elevator. I don't know if you've ever uh, picked up I'm on not. it, but it's. It's absolutely hysterical. I think having uh, for somebody having been there, you might really get a kick out of it. It's supposedly the things overheard ah, in, the in the Goldman Sachs elevators. Yeah, it's really that cool. actually would be very funny. I could, I, I can already, I'm already thinking about the things I, I used to overhear in the Goldman Sachs elevator. And I want to make some posts there. So, yeah, no, yeah, go for it, please do. Let me know which ones. Yours. Um, so, uh, so, so, Brad, I, I, I love the, um, I love the, the sensibility and the logical approach and the, and the understanding that entrepreneurs need to ha- navigate this path differently than, uh, than people who aren't entrepreneurs. And um, so, if, if people want to get in touch with you or you know talk a little bit more about their specific situation or what you guys do specifically, how's the best way for that? Yeah, so we got a couple things, obviously. To- we're people and as superhuman as I am, we've got, you know, limited ability to, to, to meet with people one-on-one. So we put some educational stuff together that would be a good place for most people to, to start. So if you, if you go to go.atlaswealthsolutions with an S solutions.com forward slash playbook. So go.atlaswealthsolutions.com forward slash playbook. Um, there'll be a little intro there. You can throw your information in and you'll get, You'll, you'll see that some of the education we have where we do some more in-depth presentations on this um, and, and we get into a lot more of the strategy there. That'd be the best place for everybody to start because everybody's business is at a different place. So, you know, they're, they're at a different place. That'll give you an ability to assess where you're at and, and how your plan ought, ought to be moving forward. And then within that page, there's the ability to reach out to us uh, and apply to for us to take, um, you know, we're always taking on more clients. So to, to come on and, and potentially work with us one-on-one. But those are, those are the options there. So go.atlaswellsolutions.com forward slash playbook will, will be the best place for everybody to start. Outstanding. Um, Dean, do you think this is going to be a good place for you to invest your parakeet dividends? <laughs> I feel those funds have depleted slightly, if I'm <laughs> honest. I'm not sure there's much else left in that one. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> That's a shame. It seemed like a good opportunity. <laughs> um, any uh, any any parting uh, parting thoughts or comments uh, from from your side of the pond, Dean? Uh, no, I, I actually, um, I would. You know, when you fit, when we first started, I thought, oh, this is. I'm not going to really understand much of this because there always seems to be sometimes in certain sectors this divide between what what makes sense to me in the UK and what 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 you guys do in the US. There's always these differences. But um, when you got into the three secrets like that, or three secrets, I'm talking webinars, the (laughs) the three tips um, like that, that makes complete sense. And it's actually, it's actually um, almost simple, but so different to what we're normally told. Like then, and I think that that's ultimately what you've been getting at here, Brad is like for entrepreneurs and business owners, the advice normally is very wrong. And I think, um, I think you delivered the goods. The tips were good, my friend. Simple enough that <laughs> Dean understood it. That says, you know, you're onto a winner when we can say that at the end of a show. <laughs> I think, uh, I think that should be your company tagline. So simple. Dean can understand it. I like that. All right. Yeah. <laughs> sort of like the Geico campaign that was out there. So easy. Even a caveman can do it. <laughs> Hey guys, if we're going to have secret jokes at me, at least make it so I can understand them. Oh, that's right. That's a US based thing. That makes it oh, even better. Oh, that's terrible, Dean. Well, I'll uh, I'll forward you a link to that ad yeah. campaign. <laughs> really, really funny. Basically, <laughs> there's these, uh, you know, Geico's whole thing is like, "Oh, it's so easy to sign up for our car insurance." Um and then they actually had Kate like these guys who look like cavemen in in all the <laughs> These really weird, funny scenarios, and they were able to get Geico, and they're like, so easy, even a caveman can do it. <laughs> well, now I can laugh at myself. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. I didn't realize I was going to be out of context for you, but you just need to move to the U.S., so <laughs> right. make things <laughs> Yeah. So, um, well, Brad, uh, thank you. Uh, thank you very much for being here. For those of you guys who uh, want to go f- get a little bit more education on the stuff that Brad was talking about. Go to go.atlaswealthsolutions.com forward slash playbook, and uh, you'll get a ton of information and uh, be able to learn and educate yourself. And uh, there's you know no commitment, no obligation or anything like that. But I think you know at the outset of this show, you know we started talking about something that's really important. Take care of yourself uh, financially. It's uh, there, you know there's there's a lot of reasons that people get into being an entrepreneur. You know, time, freedom, making more money, all of that stuff. And if you lose sight of what's really important, um, eventually there's going to be some disappointment and, and uh, some stuff that you don't want to have to deal with. So as Einstein once said, intellectuals solve problems, but geniuses prevent them. Uh, go prevent a problem by, uh, by checking out what Brad has to say. Um, Brad, thank you so much Thanks for being for here. Me. We appreciate Thanks for having you. me on, guys. It was a Absolutely. blast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Sorry for Dean. Like, I, he's just... I was actually going to apologize to our regular listeners. I don't know what that last 30 seconds of complete sense that you just spoke, but it's certainly not what people tune in for here. <laughs> That's right. I, I scratched that. Um, for our editors, just please take that out. <laughs> we, don't, we don't throw anybody off. Make sure that they think they're on the wrong podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They'll be like, what? what? Like they took a hard right turn. I'm stopping. We're going to lose all of our one subscribers. Um, so, <laughs> so with that said, we're going to sign off here. This is James P. Frill signing off for another episode of Just the Tips along with my co-host, Mr. Dean Holland, and we will talk with you guys next time. Thanks for tuning in to Just the Tips where we believe business should be profitable and fun. For show notes, links, and other information on our guests, visit justthetipshow.com. For more information on how to connect with Dean Holland, 
visit deanholland.com. And if you'd like to get free from the day-to-day operations of your business while making more money, visit me at jamespfreel.com forward slash autopilot. Our theme music is Happy Happy Game Show by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 License.